Hey everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Glow Getter podcast. Today we're going to be joined by Dr. Joyelle Ballard, who is a licensed gynecologist, and she's going to be chatting with us today about the role that hormones play on the skin and how estheticians can use this information to be better in their practice and to better help their clients. Hi, my name is Anastasia Unz, licensed esthetician and specialist in multicultural skin. Welcome to the Glow Getter Podcast, the best podcast for estheticians of color and their clients. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the show. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us on the Glow Getter Podcast. My name is Anastasia Unz, and I'm joined here today by Dr. Joyelle Ballard. Uh, she's a gynecologist, and she's going to be speaking to us today about some of the roles that hormones play on the female body and some of the things that we can look for when we're assessing the skin um, and how those things are connected to, you know, different things that are going on in the body. So say hello, Dr. Joyelle. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me, Anna. I'm so thankful that you can join us today. I'm so happy and excited for this episode. I think we're going to get a lot of good information. So if you could just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself um, and, you know, what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, like Anna said, I am a board certified gynecologist. I have been in private practice for 12 years with a group practice in Annapolis. And I'm also the author of a book called Loving Me, Myself and Her Through Perimenopause and Beyond. So I am very interested in educating women about menopause as well as other hormonal changes that can affect everything in your body, especially the skin. Um, But certainly, you know, really all about just educating women or a lot of topics that many of us don't really talk about. Awesome. I'm so glad um, that you have a book on menopause because I have so many people that can use use that information. So I'm going to give a few Christmas gifts this year. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with our first question. Um, I'm interested to know uh, how big of a role does hormones play on the female body? Um, Hormones are everything. So, you know, as we essentially grow up, go through puberty, that's when your hormones are essentially fluctuating and trying to figure itself out. And during that time, you know, that's why a lot of, you know, young girls are having problems with their periods because their communication from the brain to the ovaries are still trying to figure itself out. So through puberty, things are just kind of all over the place and your body's trying to um, figure out what it's going to do in regards to your menstrual cycles and which can ultimately, you know, can affect your skin because of the fluctuations in the hormones. Um, More so around that time, um, as far as acne goes, that typically is, you know, causing the acne in the T-zone, which is the forehead and, you know, the nose, upper cheek area. But as we get older, as your body kind of figures itself out, it can tend to get better. And then as you reach, you know, approaching menopause, that's when the hormones go again, fluctuating, like you were doing in puberty. And that's when acne can actually return, but more so around the jawline area. But hormones, you know, overall just plays you know, everything, the skin, our bones, uh, cardiovascular system. So it plays a big part. 
And that kind of leads me into like another question that I've just had within my practice in general. I have some women that are coming in between the ages of like 25 and 35. And previously when they were having breakout on their forehead, now it has moved to the jawline and the chin. What is causing that shift at that particular age group, do you think? That's a good question. Uh, and I think there's still research. They're still trying to figure out why that shift is. Um, you know, like I said, the the hormones, you know, the hormones are still fluctuate, you know, can potentially be approaching fluctuation in regards to, you know, especially as you're reaching the mid 30s as far as the age mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, the estrogen levels and the proportion between estrogen and testosterone. You know, testosterone is typically the hormone that actually causes um, acne. But it's, it's really not defined as to why it goes from that T-zone that, you know, and then down to that jawline area. Okay. Um, and so my next question is, what are some of the signs estheticians should be looking for to tell uh, if hormones are affecting their client's skin? I think a lot of times, you know, if it's a hormonal response or you know hormonal reaction or hormonal acne that that usually looks like a lot of it can be a lot of a that cystic acne mm, yeah you know, very large just inflamed looking um you know acne um breakouts and um a lot of times they also can have a lot of blackheads um so that can also be you know more associated with hormonal and then just you know just you know as you doing your thing as far as with it as, as an esthetician asking questions about so you know as far as the breakouts is are you is it happening more so around your cycle yeah or yep. is it happening you know what time of the month things like that that can give you more information to figure out if it's really hormonal as opposed to just random gotcha uh thank you so with more like more and more diving into this hormones topic um i have so many clients who are on birth control and there's so much birth control that's on the market mm-hmm. it can, it makes your head spin yes are there any- it makes our it makes our head spin as physicians <laughs> I'm, I'm glad because i'm glad it's not just me <laughs> It's like standing in front of the tampon aisle in CVS. It's like, what the heck am I supposed to choose? (laughs) Too many choices. Too many choices. What What kinds of birth control are better for the skin or just our bodies in general? So that's a good question. So there are particularly particularly, uh, birth controls that have actually been FDA or Food and Drug Administration approved for acne um, because they have certain progesterone components. So I'm talking about combined estrogen and progesterone pills. Um, so they have certain progesterone components that have been um, proven in the studies that to, he- to help improve acne by decreasing the levels of androgens or testosterone. And those birth control pills, I'm not going to say the long names as far as the progesterone, but you're looking for the birth control pills, orthotricycline, um, estrostep is another one, and then Yaz is the third one. So those have, you know, the those are the three that have been FDA approved for acne. But I also tell patients a lot of times, you know, if let's say they tried those um, certain birth control pills and they really have a good response to it as far as side effects, we may try a different pill, but put the same type of progesterone in it. So it may not be that particular pill, but if it has the same type of progesterone, it still potentially can work with helping with their acne. And then side question, how long from starting that 
uh, particular birth control, what clients typically see changes for the better? Like how long should they keep on with it? You know, because I have some clients who are just like, oh, I used it for a week and oh, it didn't yeah, work. No. Right. Yeah. No. So with birth control pills in general, you know, whether you're doing it for acne, whether you're doing it to control your cycles or with anything, you want to try birth control pill for at least three months. Mm -hmm. So you need to have at least three months of that pill to kind of get it in your system, having your body figure out what is going on this pill. And then by that time, you should potentially see some kind of improvement or change. Right. So you hear that, ladies, be patient. Yes, be patient, please. I know a lot of a lot of us want, you know, just a quickie, uh, you know, quick uh, uh, treatment that's mm -hmm. going to be working right away or tomorrow, and doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Um, so with that, I want to go into my next question, um, and I want to make sure I kind of word this the right way. But what are some of the issues that plague some of the benchmark age groups? So like age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50. I know like every, you know, age group has different issues. What are some of the things that not even just pertaining to hormones, but just to their you know body in general um, right. with being a woman that they can see? Right. As far as issues in the 20 and 30 year olds, I mean, I just see um, there could be a lot, not, not a lot, but some, some, some issues could be polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm -hmm. um, which typically can kind of start in the adolescent years. And that's essentially when there's a hormonal imbalance that affects their cycles, that affects their skin, it affects um, just their meta, you know, their metabolism in general. Um, so that can potentially be something that kind of progresses into the 20 and 30 year olds age groups. And then, um, and then, you know, other things, infertility, endometriosis, things like that, that again, can potentially um, be, you know, affect them in regards to just life in general and the stress of all that can certainly just affect them. And then once you reach the 40 and 50 year olds, you know, my favorite topic, menopause. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> a, a lot of times they are basically dealing with the hormonal changes that um, as they approach perimenopause, which essentially is the menopausal transition where things will start to change. And then also thyroid disorder, um, high blood pressure, all those things, you know, as you get older, your body's changing, they can potentially look at that as being an issue too. Okay. And so I also had another question just in terms of my like observation when it comes to clients. Um, does polycystic ovarian syndrome tend to affect the African American community more than other communities? I don't think that has been something that's proven. And I just in my particular practice, I don't see that as a a condition that come that you know that affects African American women more so than Caucasian women. Okay. I guess that's just more because those are the people that come through my door. So right. I may not have a good look <laughs> at the, you know, at the population as a whole. Right. Um, can we also go into a little bit more about what happens to menopausal skin? So menopausal skin. So when you are essentially transitioning into menopause, your estrogen level is declining. So mm -hmm. when that is declining, other hormones, they're basically, it's going to, becoming in in a disproportion in regards to the other hormones especially testosterone because testosterone doesn't decline as much as estrogen does as you reach menopause unfortunately. so what you say I said unfortunately right exactly <laughs> exactly so because of that 
you have these high levels of testosterone or androgens and that would essentially you know lead to more oily skin clogged pores and then ultimately acne mm-hmm. dang we, fun times fun times we can't catch a break man <laughs> you can't you can't i mean i can speak from personal experience i had bad acne in six at age 16 you know 15 16 and it kind of, you know, got better in my 20s. And then once I um, turned 39, it just all came back. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Man, man, man. I got things to look forward to. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. And so I, a lot of times estheticians are really focused on working together with dermatologists. Mm-hmm. But how can an esthetician work together with a client's gynecologist? Well, I think... Well, I don't know what how your relationship is with dermatologists. I mean, do you normally, you know, send letters to them? Or like, I don't know what the relationship is. You know, how do you guys communicate with the dermatologists in general? Yeah. So sometimes we'll send sometimes we'll send emails back and forth to kind of see like what kind of prescription medications the dermatologist may be having the client on, mm-hmm. um, what procedures that they're having in the. Um, in the treatment room for the dermatologist or what we're doing in our treatment room for our clients. So like maybe we did a chemical peel and then the client wants to then have a, have the laser treatment. So we need to go back and forth and make sure that the client is able to receive those certain treatments in a window where it's not damaging to their skin. So Mm -hmm. is that possible to do like with the gyno, like, uh, you know, what, um, and we also have to, comply with OSHA and HIPAA regulations to make sure that that client's information is, you know, not um, being misused or um, uh, like their information is getting out there for everyone to see where, you know, maintain their client, um, what's the word, confidentiality. Confidentiality, right, right. right. So I I may want to know, like, you know, if the client has started a new birth control or if they're maybe the client is um getting fertility treatments i'm not sure right so there really hasn't been that kind of you know communication between a gynecologist and an assistant i'm sure you know we can arrange that Mm -hmm. um it's more of you know obviously you know as 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 a esthetician, if you are, you know, talking to your client and noticing, you know, in regards to her skin and you are feeling that it's more so hormonal as opposed to anything else, um, you know, given, given that patient a referral to a gynecologist, um, would be helpful. And then, you know, and, you know, having a communication with someone like me, you know, you have somebody you think that I should see in regards to their hormonal acne and I can, you know, make a recommendation and then, um, can you basically, you know, refer back to you to say, you know, continue with you in regards to your skincare regimen in general. And then I can start you on a birth control pill or whatever we need to start you on to kind of help with balancing uh, more of your hormones. Um, so, but there's no like set, you know, um, how would you say, a, a, like a communication, but like at this point between a gynecologist and an anesthetician, but I certainly think it is something that um, should be arranged just to kind of, you know, have that communication between the two. Right, so more so having like a Rolodex of referrals right. that, that the, you know, an esthetician could send their client to a specific physician that they find, find is, you know, really good and can benefit them. Exactly, right. 
Okay. And me for the same. Like, you know, some, you know, there are a lot of women who, you know, I talked to them about hormones and, you know, controlling their hormonal acne, birth control pills and other medications that you can help with hormonal acne. But, you know, having the ability to refer them to an, to an anesthetician, you know, a great anesthetician like yourself, to um, still do the work in regards to finding out what works um, well with their skin as far as skincare products and having that conversation with them. Because, I, you know, I, there's so many things out there as far as skin products also. So you will have more expertise as far as what to do on a daily basis to kind of help with it as far as their, you know, acne control too. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff that's on the market. Not all of them gems, but there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I have so many clients that are just dealing with so much stress in their life, like whether it's like my, you know, my students or, mm-hmm. you know, my moms who have families, you know, people that have so much going on. Shoot, the government right now is enough to make your hair fall out. Yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what kind of role does stress play on your endocrine system? Yes, yeah, stress is, is a big role. Um, you know, stress, the stress hormone cortisol. And cortisol, when that's elevated with high stress, it can throw a lot of things off. You know, a lot of women who, like I said, are under stress can have a lot of problems with their menstrual cycles. And they, they don't believe that. And like, you know, so what's your stress level like when they come in with their regular periods? And they tell me, I'm like, that's why your periods are wacky mm-hmm. because you're under so much stress or with their skin why am I having all this you know acne breakouts because you're stressed so stress plays a big role um, even if they have other disorders like thyroid hormone disorders if they're under stress that can you know make that you know go um, you know become dysfunctional so stress plays a big role on your you know whole body so you know I really try to stress <laughs> stress to my <laughs> to my patients the importance of managing stress because it it does affect you and even though you may not see it um physically immediately just over time that chronic stress internally can you know outwardly come out whether it's your acne whether it's your you know changing your cycle something will present itself to tell you like you need to slow down yeah yeah for sure so that's why i love that we're in this age of self-care now and self-love right it's and especially as women we just go 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 all the time all the time so a lot of times you know when i talk to my patients it's you know, I did in the conversation. So what, what are you doing, you know, to, for you? We mm-hmm. talked about your family. We talked about your kids, your husband, work, everything. And so what are you, what are you doing, you know, to help, you know, get, show yourself some love, essentially? Exactly. That's, that's really interesting because I tend to do the same thing in my consultation with my clients. You know, I ask, first I ask them, what is their stress level like? And then I'm like, how about you reassess that? Because sometimes you can be in, you know, in the pot, in the boiling waters and not realize it. And so then I say, okay, well then what do you do to then, you know, alleviate that stress? Do you go for walks? Do you read a book? You know, it doesn't even have to be spending money, which is another thing that I wish that people would take away. Self-care doesn't always have to mean, you know, going out and spending a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's very true. And then, so beyond stress, what are some of the other triggers that can cause hormonal imbalance? Besides stress, um, Mm -hmm. it could be, I mean, not necessarily, 
I was going to say as far as eating habits or, um, well, it can be basically your diet. If you mm-hmm. have a drastic change in your diet or if you are dieting and there's a dramatic change in your weight, that can cause your hormones to become off balance because it's trying to, you know, again, figure itself out with some different things you're introducing into your body. So that can cause a trigger. Um, and just other conditions, you know, we talked about polycystic ovarian syndrome. We talked about um, endo- possibly um, endometriosis potentially causing a trigger. Mm. And that's, that's you know, we talked about menopause. So just different, you know, conditions in general and even natural processes can um, trigger a hormonal imbalance. Okay. Thank you. Um, so that is the end of my questions. I, and I don't think I can think of anything else right now <laughs> that I want to ask. So I hope our listeners really enjoyed, you know, that line of questioning and got some good information from it. And that will also encourage them to go speak to um, a gynecologist and a physician so that they we can get some more information and become more educated, you know, skincare specialists. So thank you again so much, Dr. Joyo, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And so can you tell everyone how they can find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Joyelle, D-R-J-O-Y-E-L. And I also have my website at www.drjoyelle.com. And you can also order my book there. Oh, good, good. Because I was, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to order that book (laughs) for my mom because I'm sure she's tired of me falling out on the floor laughing (laughs) when she's having her hot flashes. (laughs) Yes, please do. I'm sure she will enjoy reading it. It's a very easy read. (laughs) Good, good. So I I hope you guys go and pick that up too for the the person in your life who is also struggling with menopause. Yes, yes. And everybody will go through it eventually. So it's very important for everybody. (laughs) I know. I have my fingers crossed when I like come on one day, please have a cure or like some, <laughs> some, you know, groundbreaking treatment so I can like pass it by. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, oh, dang. Hopefully one day. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Dr. Joel, and you have a, a, a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. You do the same. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were able to walk away with some great new information. If you did, I'd love to hear about it. Go to the Glow Getter podcast and rate and leave a review. It really does make a difference. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit our website at www.glowgetterpodcast.com. That's G-L-O-getterpodcast.com.